Welcome to Walking with Spirit with Dr. Ruth Anderson on the International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. I am your host, Ruth Anderson. Here at International Angels Network, we explore spirituality, angels, spirit guides, our loved ones on the other side, and much more. Our radio podcasts are available to you on Pocket Cast, Pinterest, Player FM, Podchaser, and now Overcast Radio. Listen to us on Alexa and Echo Amazon devices or download the TuneIn app. These are all easy sites to use and make it simple to listen to our archived shows. This episode of International Angels Network is sponsored by Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center. For more information, visit holisticrejuvenate.com. Sunday Sturgeon is the founder and CEO of Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center and is a host on our network. We are pleased to announce that International Angels Network is now also sponsored by Audible by Amazon. If you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash International Angels Network, you can get a free audiobook. So please check that out today. If you haven't been to the website for International Angels Network lately, please check it out. Claudia Ibarra, the founder of International Angels Network, has been working closely with Archangel Metatron to create a program to help spiritual entrepreneurs expand their businesses. The new International Angels Network membership program provides entrepreneurs with tips that will help you create and expand your spiritual business and grow your tribe. International Angels Network will be offering ongoing support, coaching, and mentoring for all spiritual entrepreneurs worldwide, and not just angel practitioners. You no longer have to go it alone. For more information, go to internationalangelsnetwork.com forward slash membership. I would like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen in. This show is called Walking with Spirit. Walking with spirit means consciously living in the physical realm with frequent connection to the divinity in the spirit realm and being open to all that they want me to experience. Every day I check in with my guides, divine mother and God, sometimes seeking guidance, sometimes seeking connection, and sometimes seeking their healing abilities. Many days I receive lessons by hearing, seeing, or feeling signs coming in from the energetic realm. I never know what my day is going to look like or what the next learning might be. I am an author and a spiritual counselor providing individualized transformational experiences for my clients using Holy Fire Reiki, energy work, and connection with the spiritual divinity, including the Divine Mother, Archangels Michael, Gabrielle, and Raphael. Each week, I share a story about an experience I had while walking with spirit. A few days ago, I went into meditation and I sat at the foot of God. 
I went to hold on to God's leg, if he had one, in spirit, and he moved me back to sit at a desk with glasses on, showing that I am a student at the moment. I thought, okay, I'm here to learn. I was shown rivers, oceans, and the world's drinking supplies. I saw that enlightened world would be contributing to a charity that supported clean drinking water. I felt fear and pessimism rising up from people on our planet. I gave myself an energetic clearing and moved foreign energy and fearful, pessimistic entities out of my space. I went to hand them to God, and I was told to throw them in a metal bucket that was being held by an angel. I always wondered where foreign energy went when I cleared it out and sent it to God. I asked, what happens with it? I was told an angel takes it and sorts through it to see what is worth keeping. I asked, is it ever a bean? I heard yes. If it is a bean, is it kept? Yes. If it is just old energy, is it just destroyed? I heard yes and no. I asked God if there was anything else. I heard yes, when you remove foreign energies, remove it with care as there may be souls attached. A few minutes later, I was reminded of some writing I had done about Lord Ganesh, the elephant-headed god in Hinduism. Hindu tradition states that Ganesh is a god of wisdom, success, and good luck. I asked, Lord, does it bother you that I referred to him as Lord Ganesh, as my editor suggested? The answer I received was no, but with some hesitation. I heard the words, spiritual divinity. I asked, is Lord Ganesh one of the spiritual divinity? I received a strong yes answer. Coming from my strong Christian upbringing, that surprised me. I asked, is Lord Ganesh a spiritual being? Again, I heard, yes. I asked, are there other non-Christian spiritual beings that are members of your spiritual divinity? I heard, yes. Like Buddha? Yes. Doesn't it say in the Bible to put no gods before me? God answered, yes. I then heard the word gateways. I asked, are these divine beings gateways to you? I heard, yes, they were my creation. Sometimes it is easier for man to connect with a divine being that is less than God. By having a variety, sons and daughters can go where their hearts resonate. As the beings are from me, they are part of me. Curious, I asked, when someone is devoted to Buddhism, do you feel that devotion? Yes. When someone is devoted to Islam, do you feel that devotion? Yes. When people hate and kill in your name, do you feel that as devotion? No. Of course, I didn't think so. God then shared with me that my website for Enlightened World and the programs 
on Enlightened World Network need to be non-denominational as well as inclusive of all philosophical beliefs that endorse God's divine light and spiritual oneness. So thank you for listening. I would like to tell you about our guest this evening, fellow light worker, animal intuitive, and Reiki healer, Barbara Mariano. Barbara's show tonight is called Animals, Reiki, and the Power to Heal. I would like to tell you about Barbara. Born with the gift of intuition, Barbara has shared her insights with thousands of people and their pets. She's addressed addressed health concerns, behavior issues, illness, and end-of-life concerns. She is the best at quickly diagnosing the problem and getting to the solution. A Reiki master and trusted animal intuitive, she has practiced and used Reiki with her animal clients for more than 35 years. Barbara works with animal patrons to calm, heal, and support their animal companion going through trauma or illness. She works with clients internationally, as well as hosts workshops, training sessions, and online events. For more information, or to set up a complimentary assessment, please visit www.barbaramariano.com. And that's M-A-R-I-A-N-O. You can also learn about Barbara's work at the Animal Whisperer on Facebook. Barbara is able to provide long distance work so you can work with her from the privacy of your own home, no matter where you might be. So unmute Barbara here. And welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Ruth. It's such a pleasure to be here. So, Barbara, can you give us some insight on your own spiritual journey? I'd be happy to, Ruth. Um, Of course, as a child, I didn't understand, but I was born this way. This way meaning the gift of intuition, uh, of today we'd call it spiritual knowing, uh, even as a young child. So I knew and felt things that I just thought everybody felt. And I had a big affinity for animals when I was a kid. And when they felt sick or bad or something, I would commiserate with them and feel what they were feeling. So this started very young. So was this um, intuitive knowingness only about animals? Or did you have intuition about other things as well? Oh, definitely. Um, I, you, when I was quite young, I was also very much in tune with uh, things that were going on with people. Um, I can give you one example, if you'd like, of that. It, I, I was working as a secretary on the East Coast in upstate New York many years ago. And one of the other secretaries was pregnant. And I remember her name even, it was Marlene. And I kept feeling very uncomfortable when Marlene and I would meet up at work. Um, She was just a lovely person, but I sensed something was going wrong. So one day uh, on a Friday, I 
approached her as we were parking our cars and I said, Marlene, are you going to the doctors today? He said, oh no, the baby will be delivered um, Sunday. And I said, well, I just sure wish you'd go to the doctors today. And we didn't know each other that well, so that was a rather odd thing, she thought. But we went in and we did our work. And I felt this sort of low level of anxiety over the weekend. So when I returned to work Monday, I was told that Marlene died in childbirth. Holy cow, Barbara, you're kidding. No, that truly was how it worked for me. Um, and it was, the, her, her little girl lived, but um, I, I remember several of those kinds of experiences with people. So it's not just a gift with animals, it's both. So, so in your intuitive knowingness, did you know that was going to happen or did you just sense something was wrong? I sensed something was wrong and that it was probably going to be fatal if she didn't get help. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Another, another time, um, I, was, I was very young. Um, I was still married at the time to my husband. And um, I kept getting that same sort of feeling about my mother's best friend. My mother had uh, was on the phone all the time with this with a neighbor lady. They were it was just adorable to see the two of them commiserate all the time. Except when you're a kid, all you do is go, "Mom, mom, get off the phone!" Right. <laughs> so I bugged my husband. I kept getting this sort. Of, I, how it comes for me, it's in my solar plexus. And I'll get like a, a jello-like feeling in the solar plexus area first. And that's spirit's way of saying, hey, we got a message for you. Right. And so um, I tried to ignore it. <laughs> and then I started to ask, we have to go see Nellie, the, the girl's name, Nellie, and her husband, Red. And after a couple of weeks on a Saturday, my husband and I went looking for their new house. Um, and found it. And she welcomed both of us in with open arms. We stayed for the day. Uh, she was an amazing artist with driftwood. I had never seen such beautiful work in my life. She's very talented. Anyway, we had a great day. She said, you know, I've been thinking about your mom and I can't, I lost tra track. Please tell her I, I'm thinking of her and I would love to hear from her. And I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. And we left, and um, two or three days later, I got a call from Nellie's daughter, and she said, I got to tell you, my mother's in the hospital. Um, and I said, what happened? And she said, well, after you left, uh, she took my grandson out back to show him the new house outside, and she fell on a reed. Well, hollow reed, the hollow reed got... Uh, embedded in her thigh mm -hmm. and uh, Nellie did not believe in doctors so uh, within three days she got an infection ended up in the hospital and uh, sad to say the next day she died of lockjaw she had never had a tetanus shot oh, and yeah. and my goodness and I had that same I have to see Nellie I have to somehow be the bridge between my mother and Nellie. Now, I didn't know that. 
right. at the time. But they, these were the kind of things that were amazing to me and a bit scary back then. Okay, so Barbara, mm -hmm. you have to promise me this. If you ever get the message, I have to go talk to Ruth Anderson. I want you to call me. Don't, don't mince any words. Just tell me exactly what you're seeing, and I'm heading straight to the doctor. <laughs> well, I said to Spirit after about 10 of those, I said, look, I can't take this bad news, and I, I just end up feeling helpless in these situations. I'm, I want you to take me off the list for that kind of information. <laughs> and did Spirit take you off the list? Yeah, really. Wow. It, it, it started to send me towards people who had problems they needed to spiritual help with and animals who needed my help. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's really crazy. Okay. So here we are years later. Yeah. Looking back on those experiences, what do you think? Do you think that there was any spiritual guiding of how they wanted you to react when you got that message? Or do you think it was simply a matter of the veil was being pulled aside for you to be able to see this information and not that you were actually supposed to do anything with it? That's such a good question, Ruth, because what I came to the conclusion after a while was I was just supposed to thank spirit for the information and send prayers to the situation and not necessarily talk to the people about it. Right. Not, not necessarily to intervene and make sure it didn't. Later. No, it was really me being young and, and not certain about, well, what's my role here? And it turned out that over the years, I would sense or feel a lot of things with animals or people but they were, they were taken care of by God. I was just part of the plan, I guess I'd say the divine plan to witness maybe, be the bridge sometimes and okay. be, a, be a support and maybe not take it so personally. And when I realized how death is just another doorway, it became very easy. Right, and I wanna, I wanna talk about that in, in a minute. But let's go back to something that you said, because I've never heard these words that summed up my experiences so beautifully. You talked about that jello feeling that you get inside your heart or inside your, your body that tells you, hey, I'm going to be getting a message here. And literally just today, while I was preparing for this show, I had that same jello feeling. And what it feels like to me is a heaviness and kind of a slogging of the energy, like in my heart space or in my lungs or my throat sometimes. And it is such a symbol to me of, okay, just stop. Just mm -hmm. take your time. Don't rush through this. There's something that spirit needs you to understand. And that that feeling of heaviness stays with me until I stop and figure out what it is. So is that kind of what that's like for you? Absolutely. And it, and it, and like you, it more or less nags you until you okay. stop and listen. Oh yeah. 
So, oh no, absolutely. There's probably maybe a whole club of us who do this. I don't know, uh, but I'm delighted that that is your experience because I have not yet found anyone that has the quote jello experience. Thank you for putting words to it. I appreciate that. Sure. It's, it's a, how do you, if you don't mind me asking, when you got the information, did it stop the heaviness? Yes. There you go. So when I went to Nellie's, even though she died a, a week later, there was a lightness of spirit and I felt her say, thank you so much for delivering this message to your mom. I love your mom. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Can we talk, you talked about the doorway to death. I think that was your word. Yeah. And, and the fact that you are an observer and, and you acknowledge because of what they're showing you you're acknowledging that passing going to take place, which yes. is kind of fascinating that, that you as a human having, you know, a spiritual being having a human and physical existence are given that opportunity to witness and acknowledge that somebody's going to pass. I think that's kind of fascinating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's and it doesn't um, come in waves the way it used to. Uh, it comes as a sense of knowing. Um, but in other words, um, I, spirit is having me do other things now. But that is always there, especially when I'm working. Well, when I'm working with people or animals, but um, since. I've been doing a lot of animal work as well. They, they often will say in a reading, you know, I'm, I don't think I can be here much longer. Would, would you help them out as I, as I have to make my transition soon? So, okay, great. Let's switch this over to animals. So the animals are asking you to, who's, who's asking you for help? Is it the animal asking you for help or spirit asking you to help the animals? Uh, both uh, at times it's both either or because animals are spiritual beings living in a furry body right. and they have consciousness just like we do and as I tune into one let's say his name was Jack uh, a beautiful dog that had cancer uh, Jack um, conveyed to me um, please help my, my person, uh, handle the, my, my, my inability to stay here. I can only stay two more weeks at the most. And then spirit chimes in with, oh, geez, hold on a second. I'm sorry. This never happened. That phone never rings. Okay, sorry. Um, um, where was I? <laughs> was uh, Spirit then ha helped? Oh, God. Barbara, let me just say to our listeners, I'm actually amused 
because what I find when when I'm working on something that spirit is in alignment with and lower level energies are not, I get distracted all the time by technology issues, kind of saying we want to disturb what's happening. So I take the the, the siren going by you and your phone call coming in as a sign that we're having a really important conversation right here. It's still happening too. Uh -huh. Yep. Please hang up. Uh -huh. That I'm so I, I absolutely agree with you. That phone never rings, Ruth, ever. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it's funny because on my on my clock I just saw one one one, which is an angel number for in alignment with spirit. So it's perfect. <laughs> so many ways it's perfect. Oh my gosh. Well, let's we talk about um, animals and Reiki. So how did you did you get involved with animal? You got involved with animals since birth. When did Reiki enter into this this combination? Well, I had a near-death experience in 1979. I've actually had two in my lifetime. Um, the, 79 is a long time ago. And um, the more recent one was uh, January of 2015. But I'll go back and say in 1979, someone attacked me in my home and... Um, you know, left me for dead. And I, uh, a lot of uh, spiritual, actually a lot of spiritual things came to me before the attack. I was, uh, spirit came to me and told me today may be your last, be careful. And okay, no, wait, wait a second, Barbara, what yeah. do you do with information like that? <laughs> well, the first thing I thought is that I was crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> because it came out of nowhere. And um, so when I seriously heard a voice in my head say, today may be your last, I, I just stopped in my tracks. And I said, wait a minute, cancer patients get more than one day's notice. I was actually dialoguing with this uh, inner voice. And not verbally, but in my in, in my head, basically. Bottom line was, uh, I saw a, as I sat there, my solar plexus thing was going on strongly at that point, 1979, a long time ago. Uh, I saw women who had been afraid of being attacked or raped. Hmm. Uh, walked against, I call it my screen, my, my um, in my mind, I see things in pictures and feelings. And I suddenly got afraid and I then, you know, said, well, what do I do if this is my last day? And I didn't have any answers. I just felt this forewarning, this foreboding. And I pulled myself together and went on with the day and um, felt this very, very heavy uh, feeling for the rest of the day, and then the net, and that night, during the night, I was attacked in my apartment, and um, um, it was, 
you know, pretty brutal. And I, and spirit came to me during the attack and gave me instructions on how to get through it. Wow. How to save my life. So, wow, that's what I said. And so when I was still, you know, able to eventually get out of the situation, uh, it lasted, you know, a few hours, I think. Uh, and I, uh, went on with, oh, trying to figure out how something like this would happen to someone like me, who is just, you know, a mom trying to take care of life as a single mother. And felt pretty victimized and pretty sorry for myself. And three years later, I met this really wonderful woman named um, Carolyn. And Carolyn had just taken Reiki training and she offered that she said, I would like you to be my uh, practice person. And after the attack, I didn't want to be vulnerable or open to anything. And I sure didn't want any intuitive messages. So I reluctantly agreed because she was just a great person. And she um, came to my house and gave me a total of five Reiki treatments. I felt nothing for the first three, Ruth, and not, a, not anything except aggravated <laughs> on the table. Oh, sure. And, and Cara, I said, Carolyn, I think you wasted your money on that class. I don't feel a thing. She said, no, no, you're very well armored. That's why you don't feel anything. Because she, I had already told her what had happened. So on the fifth treatment, I remember saying to Spirit, uh, I said, okay, I can't get rid of you. Okay, so I'm willing to be willing to feel something if there's actually something to this Reiki thing that I think is probably not. And I felt white light shoot through my body as I was on the table. I thought of Mother Teresa, and I also thought I was levitating. And I said, oh, my God, Carolyn, what is this? And she said, oh, I think it's Holy Spirit. Cool. And, and she said, it's going through me, too. Oh, my God. And so when the treatment was over a little bit later, I said, is that Reiki? And she said, no, I think they were really trying to give you a wake-up call. <laughs> wow. Huh. <laughs> and um, she said, and I think you better take Reiki. <laughs> right. I think you better learn some skills here. <laughs> wow. I said, well, well um, okay. But um, she hands me a flyer. And at that time, I had recovered enough from the attack to have a sales job. I was a food broker rep about a year later after the attack. And when I met Carolyn and we spent time together a couple of years later and I was driving to Fresno to a sales meeting and I heard this voice in my head that tried to protect me the night of the attack say find the flyer find the flyer <laughs> I'm thinking what flyer oh god and I went oh that Reiki flyer oh okay so I agreed to find it got back home two days later called um, Woodside, California, and I ended up that following weekend in my very first Reiki One class with the amazing teacher, Beth Gray, who was one of the original 22 Reiki masters. Um, 
taught by uh, Mrs. Takata. And on that weekend, Ruth, I healed the attack. I, I felt all the stuff that got stored in my body being released through Reiki that weekend. My goodness. And so, so Barbara, let's add in here that um, Mrs. Takata, she came down through the Yusui Reiki line. Yes. yes. So let's, let's be clear on that because people are curious about that. So, so that's when Reiki actually became real for you. It became real and I became a Reiki magnet. I had to Reiki every living thing. My intuition came back full force. And that's when I started doing healing work with animals and people right there. It was a light bulb got turned on and uh, it has never left me. Reiki is, I call it my grounding work. So do you do Reiki on yourself? Yeah, yeah, all the time. So I have a, I have a question for you. Something you said a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. After the attack, you shut out spirit, mm-hmm. which is, I, and I, I have, I'm not judging. I just have a question. That seems interesting to me since spirit warned you and then saved your life. So what do you think that was about, that shutting out spirit? Well, it wasn't actually spirit. It was trying to shut out my, the being so vulnerable. Because when, you know, um, I wanted to, uh, I didn't, I couldn't, nobody can shut out spirit. That was silly. But um, my attempt was to be not so intuitive because somehow I wasn't able to stop the attack, um, even though I had the knowing ahead of time. So I think I was just in a self-protection mode, and I didn't want to be as open as I had been as a child and having all these experiences, including this one. So I was trying to, like, tamp it all down. (laughs) no, No, you can't nobody can block spirit in my view. Um, So it was just an attempt to be like a regular person with a regular job and making money and taking care of my family, (laughs) that kind of thing. Right. Okay. So very interesting. Thank you for answering that. I know that was a really intimate question to ask. So thank you. Okay. That's okay. I want people to know that they can recover from anything. And I'm, I'm hearing from you that, yes, you can. And then you also had another incident a couple of years ago, another yeah. new experience. 2015, um, uh, let's say, uh, uh, I live in an apartment building, and one of the people that lived here had mental problems and took a dislike to me and my cat. And out of her dislike, turned into, I think, an obsession because uh, one night I heard something at the door and I opened it and this person was throwing kitty, dirty kitty litter at my door and yelling, I hate your cat, Uh, you're going to be sorry, stuff like that. And I was 
first of all, upset, uh, angry. I mean, would you please just get lost? That kind of thing. Then I pulled the garbage can out into the hallway to pick up uh, this mess. And she walked over and stabbed me in the neck. Yikes. Okay. And said, you know, there, die. And I didn't know if the uh, our main artery was cut or not, but instinctively I said, I, I just kept saying, I have to try to save my life because nobody was around. And I put compression on the wound the best I could. And I finally found, seemed like forever, found the phone, called 911 and was whisked to the hospital. They did surgery on my neck. The doctor said, you were lucky an eighth of an inch deeper and you would not be here. <laughs> and you, and I woke up the next day feeling like, uh, of course, a mess, but I, I was so glad I was still here. Yeah. I felt like spirit stepped in and said, we've got your back. Let's do some more work. That's quite a story, Barbara. Wow. <laughs> well, it didn't happen all at once. I had to do a lot of therapy. But the underlying thing was the Reiki, and the, the it became clearer than ever after this happened, you know? You know, I think what I've come to realize is that crap happens in our world. It just does. And having a spiritual connection doesn't mean that crap isn't going to happen to you. But I think it means that if the crap happens, we've got support and we've got love from a, from a spiritual entity and spiritual entities in the archangels that's bigger than us. Absolutely, Ruth. Absolutely. That's why I love the work you do because you're helping, you make it real for people to contact this one. It's so available, but people don't know how to find it. So I'm just so grateful for your work. Hmm. Well, I, and I love my work. I love working with the archangels. And as I'm sitting here, Archangel Michael is right with me and right with us in this conversation. So that's, that's so heartwarming and exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel it yep. too, of course. <laughs> um, so can you talk to us about um, some of the animals that you've worked with and do you use Reiki on all of them? Is that just a natural thing or do you do other forms of energetic healing? Um, I, you know, I call them all Reiki. I probably do different things because I've had a lot of different trainings over the years, but um, I don't actually, unless needed, formally draw the symbols and send them, although I do that also to the, to the situation. When, I, when, when I'm going to do a session with someone and their animal, I just automatically go into what I call Reiki mode. I feel spirit um, in in my head or somewhere in charge of the session. And my job is to be a good communicator for the person and the animal so that the, the goal is that they have a healing or an understanding and both parties come out feeling better. Like, for example, I've been working with a woman in Alabama for the last three weeks. She has a show kitty, beautiful kitty that is only 20 months old. And BG um, 
started peeing all over her house. And when she called, she said, I am at my wit's end. Can you help me? And I said, well, let, let me see. I'll connect with BGNC. Um, and of course, for me, that's just an automatic connection. Um, if the animal is um, not too traumatized, it's, it's as, as if I'm dialing up their number, BG's phone number, mm -hmm. and saying, can we talk? And uh, because animals are so incredibly intuitive, he felt my energy this long distance away. And he was so sad. So the first thing I do is I step into their paws. And I felt what BG was feeling, which was he was feeling so stressed out about all the cat shows that he had to attend. He won a whole bunch of ribbons, but the cost was his, he was a wreck, just playing a nervous wreck. So I got hit, what I did then, and what I do for all of my people is, um, while I'm there in his paws, I get his experience. And I say, boy, that must have been a nightmare, BG. I am so sorry you had to go through that. And then I wait until I feel a connection about, oh, somebody heard me. Okay. Then I can do some work with, I, I give that message to the owner and a very loving way because everybody feels terrible if their animal is suffering. So my job is to say, look, you should, you didn't know any better, but he hates shows. And if he had, he, he's trying to tell you, don't put me in another show. This lovely lady said immediately, no more shows. Nice. Tell him no more shows. And I did. And he was great for two weeks. He did not have one um, mishap with peeing all over the, believe me, it was bad. It was on her bed, on her couch. We're talking bad, <laughs> and her husband was pretty upset, understandably. Uh, so uh, there was, she went away for the weekend to a, a cat show, and when she got back, he was uh, uh, back to square one, peeing, and apparently um, the husband let him, let him, mistakenly let him out of the cat room, and uh, he got yelled at, of course, for that. So the work that we had accomplished had to be redone. And what I got out of the second session was that he needed to have a home with no pressure, no kitties, just loving people, no stress. And now my client is on the lookout for a beautiful home for BG. Wow, okay. And she totally understands this work and she gets it that it's all spirit led. This is, this is the beauty of, I believe, any of uh, us who are working in the spiritual realm. There is always hope for change, you know? So that's why I'm so excited because BG and I, so once I connect with an animal and they let me into their heart and mind, they're, they're my friend for life. So I can still feel them even this distance away. And I get a big smile when I think of BG and I know he's going to get a great home and he's got a great mo current mom and situation who's really, really in tune with, with spirit. 
That's a great story, Barbara. And it's reminding me of a time that I was working with a woman who had 19 horses. Wow. They just started dropping dead. It was just like, and she'd lost four of them before I got the call. And when I went in spiritually, energetically to look at what was happening on her ranch, I saw that another one was contemplating going out. These were healthy horses, healthy young horses just dropping dead. It was crazy. And um, when I really looked at it and spoke to the one that was like one hoof in and one hoof out, what I was told was that the owner isn't showing caring and compassion for these horses. So they weren't feeling wanted at all. And so they were choosing to remove themselves from the scenario. So I told her and she started spending more time brushing them and, you know, going out and talking to them, that kind of thing. And it stopped the downslide of the horses leaving, leaving our earthly realm. But I think we so underestimate the, um, spiritual strength of animals. Yes. Yes. And here you've got BG searching for another home. I mean, that's, that's crazy. And, and, and I, I just loved what you shared about the horses because, you know, look about, look at the beached whales. They don't want to, they're sending a message, yes. you know, and, and in BG's uh, case, um, how was he able to communicate through doing something he knew would get him evicted from the house? Hmm. And, and how else? So I said to the owner, this is the only voice they have is either to die, I mean, get ill, die, act out. How many, they can't use their voice. We, uh, we who can hear them need to be the voice for them. Absolutely. You know, and and in so thinking about that, that you as an animal communicator are the voice for these animals, in my mind, that gives a whole different level of responsibility to you as an animal intuitive, because Uh you are the voice. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. There isn't somebody who can say, well, no, that's not, that's not what that dog meant. (laughs) You are the voice. <laughs> well, that I'm very certain of those things. Um, I mean, it's not it, it's not a question. So, in other words, well, someone might say, "Well, how do you know that my cat or my dog feels that?" I said, "It's a knowing. I can't explain it. I know it." Right. So do you, I know you do, this is a rhetorical question, uh-huh. do you work with families that are wondering if this is the right time to put their animal down? Yes. And yes. What, what does that look like for you? Well, uh, in Jack's case, for example, he was a big, beautiful dog who had cancer and his owner was wanting to keep him here as long as possible. She was having trouble letting go, but she called finally and said, I, okay, I've got to hear what Jack has to say. So I tuned into Jack and I said, you know, um, you've got to give it to me straight up because she is worried about you. And he said, well, in that case, he said, I want to stay three months, but I think I got two weeks. And, and how do I, I don't, I, I actually do not know how I 
know it that way, but that's what I get an impression of a journey. Like at two weeks, I saw it without drugs or anything, his, his life force leaving his body. That's how it, it shows up for me. Mm-hmm. And, but he's actually like having a conversation with me. And he, he said, just tell her after I leave my body, I'll be back. I, uh, he was not spiritually aware of how he would be back, but he wanted not to leave her. He said, I just don't want to leave her by herself. And I said, you know, you can come back in spirit because I see it all the time. So the way I see it, animals, maybe people, and I know people too, of course, I call it, the animals are very, you know, they leave their body, their physicality, they go to wherever they're designed to go. And then they have the ability to bilocate as a spirit and come back and sleep on the couch you know, I've had people say to me, I, I just had my, I felt an indentation on my bed. I think my cat was laying there mm. and the cat had been gone for a year or two. So you know what I mean? Yes, I do. It's very beautiful. In other words, we don't lose anything except the physicality, you know? Right, right. So I know with, with our dog, Tucker, he had cancer and we were watching and trying to figure out when was the right time to put him down and when I thought maybe it was time to put him down I checked in with him and and he said no and and I said well are you in pain and he said yes and I said well then are you ready to go and he said no and I said but wait you just told me you're in pain and he showed me a a a vision of a pill bottle and he's like, oh, okay, give you more medicine. So I called the vet. They gave us more medicine. And then about three weeks later, I checked in with Tucker again. And I said, so are you ready to go? And the answer was finally yes. But, you know, he wasn't ready at the time. And, and I don't think he was holding on for me, but he just wasn't ready yet. So, yeah. But, and I find animals don't fear death. No. They, they don't want to have us be sad. Right. But I, but I don't believe that they actually fear death. They do not fear death in my experience either, Ruth. They, uh, they're just matter of fact about it all. Mm-hmm. But the one thing most of them say is, you know, I'm bad for my owner, my person. And some of them I've worked with too will say, I'm, I'm just going to stay a little longer, even though, you know, my contract is up just because I like life. (laughs) That's really sweet. (laughs) And I like my people and I want to stay here as long as I can. So they don't mind if they're in pain. They really don't mind that much. What an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about a dog named Benny and I'll make it quick because I know we're coming to the end soon, but Benny, I I was just beginning to uh, become a professional animal communicator, I don't know, a long time ago. And this couple asked me to come over and meet their dog, Benny. And I uh, saw this beautiful dog laying on the carpet and he just couldn't get up. He had cancer. And he, uh, I tuned into him and he said, I hate to say it, but I'm going to be gone in three months 
and they asked me, what did Benny say? And I said, well, do you want it straight up? And they said, yes. And I said, okay. He said he's probably got three months left. And they cried. I cried. Everybody cried. And then I said, well, they said, well, what can we do to make him comfortable? <laughs> he was an imp, okay? He was a cutie. He said, steak oh. and, and licorice. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> and I went, okay, I'll tell him. Son of a gun. They started feeding him steak every night. And, and they knew he liked licorice because they used to give him licorice once in a while. And now it didn't matter. He only had three months left, right? That's right. <laughs> so I get a call a week later. She said, you're not going to believe it. Benny is running up and downstairs again, and he's waiting for his steak every night. I love it. <laughs> Benny lasted another nine months and loved every minute of it. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy, Barbara? As you were sharing this story, St. Francis, joined me do you oh I'm gonna cry oh my god so do you work with St. Francis all the time he's my guy okay oh my god I've got tears in my eyes thank you Ruth thank you it's really cool because the only time I see St. Francis is when talking about animal communication (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he's with every single one of my clients um He's just always here when I, especially working with animals. Yeah, always. It's like you and, and Archangel Michael and your other, mm-hmm. you know, they're there. What can you say? This is my guy. <laughs> well, I'm so, I'm so excited to be a part of your experience because I'm sitting in the middle of it right here. Oh, bless you. That, that's so cool. So, so Barbara... We just have an, a minute, but if somebody is needing to talk to someone who understands hospice for animals, can they contact you? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge part of my work. You betcha. So what is the best way for someone to contact you? Well, I would say they could go to my website and they could sign up for, you know, a half an hour uh, complimentary talk. It's just to talk, to get to know each other and to find out about their animal and what I can do to help, that kind of thing, and give them some good advice about what what they might need to look at and what they're going through. And then if they want to go further, we can do a session. And in some cases, people want to buy a package of sessions because they want to have the ongoing help. So um, my website is... Uh, getting there. It's beautiful. BarbaraMariano.com. And then my email is Barbara H is in happy Mariano.com. Cause I'm really happy Ruth. I love it. I love it. Okay. So Barbara, and we need to release you now. So I'm going to go ahead and mute you, but thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. And I would say to you all, thank you so much for listening in. It is always a pleasure to have you all with us. It is an honor to be among the hosts of International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. I look forward to walking with spirit and you all in the future. Good night and God bless.